Plus, you've got that Mondo Lucha semi out front yes, with which the, is always... the ML and the mask on the side. Yes. Um, but anyhow, so that was a, a busy week of rest. And no, it's funny. So that was, what was it, three shows in two days? Four or four shows in two days in Milwaukee or three shows? Like a Thursday, two on <laughs> What fr- are you saying? I'm just, <laughs> listen, okay. this is what I'm saying. Show on Thursday night. Drinking since 9 a.m. Yes. So you're going to listen to me. A show on Thursday night. Uh huh. Two shows on Friday night. Uh huh. And a show on Saturday. And you weren't booked on any of them. Yeah, it was great. Let's start the show. Yes, let's start the show. (laughs) For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country. Former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you by our friends at Astro Radio Z and iTunes. I am your co-host, Jay Gilkay, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from Silas Young to his actual girlfriend, a wrestler, manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and whose t-shirt has drawn many compliments at my gym. With 20 years of experience, he is a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. I am speaking of the one, the only. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Derek St. Holmes Esquire. Hello. Okay, that makes it sound like you said Silas had a girlfriend. Oh, no, your girlfriend. Yeah, well, I knew what you were talking about, but I'm just saying you kind of... Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess that does... Derek's girlfriend. Yes. Which... Coincidentally, I am responsible for uh, them getting together. Uh, Yes, and we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. And it was on somebody's thread. They said, share the story of how you met. And it was that beautiful picture of me sh- punching her in the face. Like yes. we punched each other in the face. Uh, you want to share your story about meeting her at this wonderful wrestling event that I've heard so much great Okay, about. so this fly-by-night guy says, hey, do you want to work this show? And that was, li- that's and a like, good story too, though, right? And like... any. Oh, Oh, when you tried to show me pictures of the building saying, ooh, look, here, this is where we're going to run. Because I was trying that to show you how classy we were. You know, you showed me an empty building. I've seen those before. Yeah, but now I've shown you a full building numerous times. You're welcome. Yes. Anyway, um, long story short. It's 20 tickets to- left. Tickets have been on sale for three weeks. 20 yeah, tickets left. by the left. time this gets out. There'll be no tickets left. Well, maybe. You missed your chance. 20 tickets left. Tickets went on sale this is the third week. Show's not until September. I had to train and have a series of matches with a group of roller derby girls. Yes. And one of them, there was a special match. Yeah, there was. And, and that's then what she, happened. And then she turned me down and I met Angela. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. No, that's going to get me heat, but she doesn't, listen, she doesn't listen to this. Neither does my wife. Fair enough. <laughs> so what? The- I did, um, with the... Uh, the last weekend's events, I did have to explain who the Shockmaster was. What was the last and weekend's why event? He was, 
Oh, uh, Titus O'Neil tripping and going under the ring. Oh, I the... saw. Yeah, some I saw a meme of that or whatever. Yes, so a, I had to a explain GIF or that. A GIF. Yeah. Uh, yes, but there's also another GIF of the Shockmaster action figure passing the torch to Titus O'Neil. Oh, O'Neill. really? <laughs> so she saw that. So I had to explain who the Shockmaster was and explain that. Yes, I saw this on TV, and once again, it was the giant Gonzalez thing back in the day of. No, wrestling's this great thing. You have to watch it and appreciate it. And then this comes on, Except and you're for like, that. "Yeah, wrestling I just is kept in, thinking, indefensible." Like, don't they normally? Uh, and I, I saw that, and I thought, didn't they normally have like an LCD screen or something? Like he would have murdered himself slamming into that. Like, <laughs> do, and you know what I mean? Like yeah. if that would have been like the actual like. I, again, I have not watched. I don't. I I watch WrestleMania, but I haven't watched anything. Right. Uh, so I'm assuming, but I think they have like an LCD or an yeah. LED or. Only on, uh, only on a few of the sides of the ring. Oh, only yeah. On that just sides. might be on hard cam. Okay. Because then I thought, boy, that would have sucked if you would have slammed into that. No, it would have been awesome. And it, and it didn't. <laughs> um, it, it of course, was... now they would just CGI it. I didn't like that. C- At WrestleMania, the use of CGI oh, for the that ring was entrance. The shit. Yeah. I mean, I get they're trying to do something different like that impact cam that they have with wait that did you end up zoom. watching wrestlemania because you said you weren't going i to saw three after I matches out. i'm not gonna sit for seven hours no and neither wrestling. did we. we we went to vanguard shout out jim hollywood it was his birthday yeah recently. like yes i think yesterday or today i should have sent him a Ho- hope you listen to this yes uh Happy birthday. We went to Vanguard and sat through maybe about two hours, and then we left, and then we well, then we went over to another friend's house and hung out there for a little bit. And I was home in bed, I think, by ten o'clock. Uh, so was I. Yeah, I couldn't. It's too much. Yeah, it's I mean, I get much. it, and it was done obviously like New Japan or one of the Japan promotions started this you know 10 15 years ago the mega show right so i get the evolution to that but at this point eh, right good i hope the kids love it i would like to see under the sea under the sea i would like to see them answer to everything turn wrestlemania into a weekend thing yes where there is a saturday like smackdown wrestlemania and then a sunday raw or whichever sure. show is like hot at the time sure. which is, like the main stuff and do it that way instead and then at the end they have a super bowl of all the champions yes they get together and we find out who's the real wrestling champion yes and we could have mike bullard <laughs> and, and billy taylor. taylor yes by the way and never Jack cutter never been knocked down with a drop kick Pff, nobody ever hit me with a drop kick yes Hey, that movie came out in 1974, two, two or four, an even year. I think it was 73. Okay. Speaking of years, I want to, <laughs> I thought this week, uh, I'm just always trying to segue into something. Yeah, it was really awkward. I thought so too. I thought this time around we would uh, get into the year of 1984, not the George Orwell book. I was just working that up. Not the uh, movie. It's a good book. Do you remember that commercial for, like, was it Memorex, where like the person goes running through the factory in 1984? No, wasn't that uh, an Apple commercial? Or an or Apple? Something? Was it Apple? And they like throw the spear at the screen. Kyle, what year were you born? 1990. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. So he would have missed that. But I, I don't know. I don't remember that commercial because I think that was one of those deals that only played like the Super Bowl and that was it. But you saw it. I don't recall seeing it. I, I, I read shit. about it. Okay. 
Do you remember uh, the day after the movie, the day after about nuclear war? Yeah, we've discussed that before. I Have mean, we? It, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't affect you. Well, I thought the effects were poor. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I mean, we that's what I was watching it for. 1984. I had a very, uh, very different goals and values list than I do now. <laughs> that's, that, is that good? Uh, well, yes. Somewhat. Yeah. Yes. I think I it's mean, so, there. There are still several remnants, but so there was a lot that happened in wrestling that year. Yes. Um, and we're just going to kind of go through a list of things and just talk about them. Just what we remember, it. what we don't yes. remember. Sure. Uh, um, there's a lot of reoccurring, um, things that will appear in this podcast that we've talked about, I think in other podcasts, we're just trying to get to 50. Well, no, well, let's listen. This is, I think this is a good one. You'll like this. Let's start out. Okay. Um, would you like to the year, uh, defenders of the faith came out from Judas priest? Yes. Yes. Uh, have you, would you like to go, uh, would you like to go by, Event or debuts, deaths, uh, PWI. What do you think? I'm sorry, I'm into the Sentinel. From that was the end of the. Did you go see Judas Priest? No, I did not, because it's not the real Judas Priest. Okay. No KK Downing. No no Judas Priest. Yep, that's true. Uh, All right. Oh, hey. Hey. Yes. Uh, (laughs) For Journey, the band Journey. Yes. If Neil Schoen doesn't have an afro, it's crap. I didn't That's, get that. I saw that post. I didn't understand it. Uh, anything after he shaves off that wonderful afro is is horrible. Which one was he? The guitar player. I'm not. A, I was never a big Journey fan. Oh. I did have the video game Journey Escape for Atari. I played or, the arcade. I don't remember the uh, Atari. Version. Was it Atari? Was Atari had, or D- Nintendo? One of those two. I, I think it was Atari. Yeah. Because I don't think Nintendo was around then. Yeah, I guess Journey wasn't popular when Nintendo was big. 1990, Kyle, hey? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 1990. So what? He would have been negative six for today's episode? <laughs> yes. Okay. Not even a glimmer in his parents' eyes. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you have any older siblings? Yes. How old? How, old? How many years older? Carry the one. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, oh, he doesn't even know his sibling's age. Oh, no, I've got one. I don't know my sister's because age. because you had to disconnect from them because of their Scientology? That's right. Uh, Great. Now we're going to be followed. I think I've got one that's 33, and then one I think that's like 35 or 36. Do you know their names? Yes. Okay, that's good, because it sounds his, uh, so, very spotty so at best Yes, here. he would have been a frustrated glimmer in his parents' eyes at this point, because they had two children. How old are you now? I'm uh, 28. Jesus, 28. Can you believe this guy? Yes, we've established that he's lived in a world without the AWA. I just think it's... And I wondered out loud how he got this job, and then I realized it's because he has the equipment. Yes, it's true. But, you know, I guess this is the nice thing. This is like giving him Christmas presents that he can unwrap and kind of go back and, you know, he can experience these things. Sure. Okay. Well, listen, speaking of an experience... uh, Have you ever been experienced? Well... I have. Uh, hey, so remember the uh, the first Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions? No. Mm. Kyle doesn't. 
Derek's burping, I think. Yeah, sorry. Or he's having I'm a heart attack. No, no, I'm tell. just trying to keep it silent. No, no, the first Von Eric. Um, so this would have been immediately prior to when I started getting wrestling magazines. Okay. Because Carrie Von Eric was already an ex-champion and Flair had just gotten it back. Right. Also, I believe this is about the time that world-class syndication reached channel 18 yes yeah because um it was the big thing of first we had the awa and then my friend got what i thought was satellite but turns out was the usa network but it also could have been again i don't know because i saw snooka come off the cage right i don't know if it was live or replay so it was either on usa or since they had the satellite it could have been like a version of the msg network got right not sure about that um, so I don't recall the, uh, the initial parade of champions until it was released as part of the ringmasters VHS. Right. That was released by PWI. And then they had footage from that. I was like, oh, exactly. I enjoyed that. Cause I knew some of who, who they were talking about there. Right. Yeah. And that was, um, of course the, in response to the death of David Von Erich. Yes. Uh, and that's the kind of the putting on the title on Carrie just to put a happy yes happy sheen on incidentally it. did you hear the plane go by just now a little bit okay we'll see we'll see if it shows up just saying uh some of the other matches on that card uh junkyard dog against missing link um yes. look at this off the top of his head uh iceman king parsons and, and buck zoomhoff yes. against the super destroyers yes okay uh Carrie, uh, Carrie was in the six man with the, with Fritz. Carrie and, wasn't. Uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin was in the six man wearing white painters pants, which is great things. because when the blood's on it, and you can see the spattering of the blood. Yes, that's why everybody wears white. Yes, I know. Yeah, to show it off. Okay, you know? so that's that's like a tell. Who did Kamala fight? Uh, I don't know. Great Kabuki. Oh, fair enough. Wrestle to a double DQ. Yes. So this would have been, yeah, this would have been after Gary Hart left. So Kabuki was a face and it just didn't work out very well. Right. Uh, what was, do you know, this is kind of a very deep cut. Do you know what the longest match of the night was? No. <laughs> no? You didn't do your homework on that one? Match no. lengths? Uh, I do know that the Kerry Von Erich Ric Flair match went just over 12 minutes. Yes. Uh, the longest match on the show was a time limit draw between Kelly Kaninsky and Johnny Mantell. Which, although we laugh at, I'll bet you that would have been a neat match to uh, neat match to watch. Why? Because um, they had to fill 20 minutes with it. So yeah. I bet you there would have been a lot of good counter wrestling in that. I, again, not very exciting. I'll bet that match was rather early on in the show to allow people to get to their seats. Right. right. Yeah. So Definitely. Um, oh, just wait. He had a question. Was the, was the Von Erich Flair match good, even though it was only 12 minutes? Uh, actually, no. Uh, the, those two had worked several other times and had better quality matches. But by the time that match came on, everybody had been outside in the Texas Stun, Texas Stadium all day. So it's like, let's just get enough to get it over with. Uh, build the one of the most incredible pops. Yeah, like, right. I, I remember that. And, of course, from the, the Ringmasters deal, uh, 
having the microphones in the ring. There ain't going to be no trouble. You just tell your old man and tell your brothers Ric Flair is going to be back. Right. You got it, baby. Woo! And then they went on to that. Cause, so, Kyle, I don't know how much you, you know about the Von Erichs, but so what happened earlier that year, David Von Erich died. Um, was that, that was the Japan one? Yes. Yeah, so he was uh, Toxic Shock. No. Wait, what was that? What wasn't what that the, the I thought that was like the storyline or whatever. What the hell? No, what was it? No, he had it was the acute enteritis, uh, the intestinal inflammation. I thought that at Although some point they said some toxic people thought shock. it was pills. No, toxic shock was Mike. Mike was toxic shock. Okay. So Kyle, there's this is this is, this is basic stuff. No, no, uh, these. Uh, Kyle just says if that's a wrestler's name, toxic shock. No, uh, Kevin, not bad. Uh, David Guys. Von Erich was found dead on a Japanese tour. Uh, the story released to the public and the kayfabe that the family has kept up is that he had intestinal inflammation. But there are other credible sources that state, no, it was a drug overdose and pills were flushed down the toilet, you know, all this other stuff. And so, so we don't know. So we're not. Yeah, this parade Not that champions. anybody that listens to this is going to get pissed off. Right. But this parade we still champions. challenge anyone. If we get anything wrong, please get a hold of us. Yes. So um, Hulk Hogan wrestled on the show. No, that he was didn't. A, that was a joke for you know. I'm trying to. That was the Super Bowl show where was he was supposed to work. Wahoo I was luring the audience in to say, "Hey, you got something wrong." When I get stuff wrong, I point it out. It's a trap. I was trying to set up a trap. Was... Yes, uh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle with a Star Wars reference. Oh, um, so Kyle, you listeners are missing the discussion of the Avengers movie earlier. Yes, uh, so. Kyle, one of the Von Erichs died, and this was kind of a response to that. uh, Again, talk about no stakes. Uh, Pretty much a foregone conclusion, Kerry Von Erich would win the belt that night, right? Uh, Yes, but I also want to point out, again, I went through my Von Erich phase again trying to figure out what the sportatorium looked like. Sure. Um, These guys are saying, like, our brother died, and our father didn't give us a chance to grieve and just said, we've got this big card coming up. We're going to change it. You're going to get the title and we got to go to work. Now wrestling has been always about getting the show on the road, but old, you know, looking back from my age now, it's like, wow, you know, these, what if you lost your brother? Would you want to do right. especially something that reminded you of your brother like that? Right. It's yeah. Pretty it's tragic. pretty, pretty, pretty tragic. Uh, turns out Fritz wasn't that bad of a father figure now, eh? <laughs> right, right. So he got any jello? Let's uh so Chris Adams and Sunshine against Jimmy Garvin and uh, Precious happened. Why are you looking at Kyle? I was explaining my reference there to him. Oh, okay. Um so that was pretty good. And then um uh, Gorgeous Jimmy was on that card? Yeah, it was uh the yeah, Jimmy and Precious versus Chris Adams and Sunshine and uh Oh, uh, okay. Cuz it was soon after that the Gorgeous Jimmy went to the AWA, which is where I first saw him. I didn't know Jimmy was in World Class until I saw it later. So, what's interesting again, much like when we talked about the AWA and their um what was the was it Super Clash we talked about and how they got progressively worse yes. over the years? You can actually see the exact same thing. Uh, when it comes to the um, Memorial Parade of Champions. So just to put a spin on it, or just to kind of put it in perspective, the first uh, Parade of Champions, attendance was 50,123. See, I've never heard that figure. I've only heard the 43,000. Right, but that was going to say, they said 43,000 paid. Yeah. So, you know, add on another 7,000 of people that are in there, maybe papered, who knows. But Comps, still, yeah. 43,000 is still nothing to really sneeze about at that point. And so that was the first one. By the time it was... Um, uh, the, the second one, I want to say, was 
38 and then it went down to 24 and then it went down to like six or eight thousand for the last yeah one. by the time uh, May the 8th, 1988 it was seven thousand yep at Texas Stadium uh yes but Fritz Fritz had his ego and he wanted to run Texas Stadium right absolutely uh, and when you look uh, at that by the way Texas Stadium dead yeah that's true uh, when you look at that card too you start realizing guys were working multiple times over and over again it was you know just like a limited group uh that was common for texas though like multiple uh, matches on one show yes there's a uh, one match where it was bruiser brody and kevin von eric uh, against buddy roberts and just a masked guy do you know who that masked man was this was the fifth annual not the one we're, uh, we're uh talking about. possibly dave sheldon angel of death under a mask okay gotcha because he was there at that time they also did a bunch of like that. That's when all the gimmicky stuff happened as well. Triple Dome of Terror, yes. uh, stuff like that. So, anyhow, so yeah, so basically, uh, the first Parade of Champions happens uh, most notably for the uh, Carrie Von Erich title win over Ric Flair. Yeah. Did you? Would you say that's a pretty good card? Like, were you happy with that card? The like, as far as top to bottom, you think about everybody that was on it. Sure. That was like, was that world class to you? And it's like the prime of yeah it. yeah i'll give that 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 would be the um so uh this was also right around the time of new coke i believe really no new coke was a year later <laughs> was it really yeah that was 85 oh i yeah i guess you're right that was i think you're right yeah was that were you a big new coke drinker no i hated it and i had a ration of old coke and one of the only things that i would break it out for would be the carrie von eric match because i liked oh. carrie back then okay that's pretty good like carrie but i wound up liking kevin the best sure sure um he was so misunderstood and say speaking of misunderstood uh-huh see how i segue that july 23rd another event big event in the history of professional wrestling <laughs> the brawl to end it all uh yes i've seen that on youtube and the big thing that i want to point out about the the brawl to end it all is there is in a just a kick-ass 20-minute draw between tito santana and cowboy bob orton jr really on the yes just go out and fill time guys and it's phenomenal is it really yes i would definitely be interested in checking that one out i recommend it this is a time in the wwf i often get reminded of this because i don't remember it really? i this was the rock and wrestling no deal. but this is right but what i'm what i was gonna say is i do not remember adonis and murdoch as a tag team champion oh they were that's when i first started getting back into it they were the champs i completely do not remember that whatsoever they were very good um so i that and that it's awesome but it was just one of those where i'm like oh i totally forgot uh that that happened that they were a team so, but yeah, but this is the start of the rock and wrestling, basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at that point, Hogan had already had the title, and uh, Santana was the Intercontinental Champion, as you said. So, a lot of matches on the show. Any others you can remember besides the Santana Orton and the uh, oh, there Hogan, was other stuff. Valentine? But uh, notably, I'm I'm telling you that one. That's just the one that stands out. Antonio Inoki. Uh, yeah. Um, fought uh, David Schultz and no Charlie won a Fulton. Royal. Oh, oh, I, okay. I'm thinking of the other card that was, and this was when uh, he was the World Wrestling Federation World Martial Arts Heavyweight no, Championship. No, that's they just said that. 
that was just to, to be yeah, there. And yeah, just they said it. that was a big thing. But Charlie Fulton, another guy that was incredibly underrated, uh, just died within the last two years, I think. Oh, okay. Um, no, go back and watch his stuff. Just not very flashy, but solid as solid as fuck. Worked worked hard. Um, my French. Orndorf, uh, Orndorf, 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 <laughs> Orndorf, <laughs> Paul Orndorf versus Chiche Strongbow. Mr. Wonderful. Then uh, we've got uh, uh, Strongbow would have been in his early 50s at that point. Yeah. It was just fun to like look back and watch like, oh, this guy is 50 and the uh, still getting paid. Another interesting one. So the match before the main event was Afa, who defeated Rene Goulet. OK. And then. Rene Goulet, after just being beat, stayed in the ring and then participated in a 20-man battle royal. But that wasn't won by Antonio Noki. It was won by Antonio Noki, and the last person that he eliminated was Rene Goulet. Huh. Okay. So uh, Goulet would also have been in his 50s at that point, too. And were they just mainstays that just kind of stuck around, just utility for when they needed them for things? Yeah, they were agents. Okay. And it was just like, go get in there. What yeah. about Tony Gurria? How old was he at that time? Uh, he was not in his 50s. He would Still have been slightly younger. Okay, because, yeah, because that, that's Late Tony 40s, Gurria and the Sheik. So, okay, so, but, yeah, so definitely some mileage on it. And this was broadcast on MTV. This way he beat the, uh, no, the, the entire card wasn't. Right, no, it was just that the uh, Cindy Lauper, yeah. the Wendy Richter beating Moolah. Uh, my sister was a big Cindy Lauper person. I always hated Whereas that Dave I Wolf was guy. Iron Maiden. Well, right, so, yes. So we had lots of fights. Um, but this this was the start of it, wasn't it? This was the start of rock and wrestling because this was all aired on MTV. Well, yeah, this was the crossover, but this was the ostensible, like there had been a feud brewing. Right. Because it came off that Cindy Lauper, Lou Albano claimed to manage Cindy Lauper until David Wolf came in, and then they got, uh, they had the, the beatdown. Oh, no, no, I'm getting ahead of myself because they had the brawl to end it all and then uh, set up the b- the bit where um, they got a gold record. Piper broke the gold record over Albano's head. Yes. That led to the cops coming in, which led to Mr. T coming in, uh, which led to... I'm sorry, what was this one? Uh, this is the brawl to... End it all, yes. So that led, that led to the war to the settle the score, which led right. into WrestleMania. Do you WrestleMania. remember this, Kyle, any of this? Kyle's shaking his head in disbelief uh, at in, in the names. background, after these cards, it was shortly after that, that MTV went to Vince McMahon and said, hey, we want a percentage of ownership. Yes. And Vince basically said, no, we've uh, we've used you for what we need. Thank you. Yep, and then bailed on him. Yeah. That's so great. Um, what? A, okay, so... That was just the glitz and glam. That was WWF really kind of becoming that pop culture yeah, yeah. phenomenon. Now, going back to WCCW later that summer, or actually, I'm sorry, into the fall. World so, class. Yeah. Uh, yes, world class. Uh, they had the Cotton Bowl extravaganza. Sure. You're like, yeah. Well, no, they, yeah, they had a lot of bigger cards because they had been primed to be able to go into large houses like right. that. Right, right. So, uh, Cotton Bowl Extravaganza was main evented by the dynamic duo. Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams. And Jake Roberts. As they took on... Then it was a trio. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Fulton, uh, Kerry Von Erich, and Mike Von Erich. And it was for the uh, six-man, NWA six-man tag team championship. Sure. But I don't recall this, like, 
this card doesn't stand out to me. No, not at all. I think uh, it's also interesting that if you were to listen to this card, you'd realize here's one of those things where, like you said, Texas guys working multiple times. Okay. The first match was Iceman Parsons versus Butch Reed goes to a time limit draw. <laughs> then that's the first match. The sixth yes. match, uh, Carrie Von Erich fights Butch Reed in an arm wrestling match. Sure. Which, by the way, I got your text, and I think we're going to go with that. All right. Fair enough. Nice. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. And then tag team match for the NWA American Tag Team Championships put the Fantastics as they defended against El Diablo and Kelly Kaninsky. El Diablo. El Diablo. If you say his name three times, he shows up. No, I'm trying to think who that was, but I can't remember. It's Beetlejuice. Um, so. Roddy Piper, too. Uh, yes, that's true. That's that's true. Uh, so we have that. Then it's uh, Gino Hernandez. Okay, here's one you can maybe clear up. The for handsome half breed. Gino Hernandez and uh, Andrea, the Lady Giant. Uh, that's Baby Doll. Is Baby Doll against Mike Von Erich and Stella Mae French? Stella Mae French was someone's mother. Uh, Stella Stella Mae French was Sunshine's aunt. Is that what it was? Who was played by a woman wrestler whose name escapes me right now. But, yeah, Stella Mae French was the uh, foul-mouthed cigarette-smoking aunt of Sunshine that came in to get her back on track. Okay, gotcha. Um, So, yeah, so that was basically the Cotton Bowl extravaganza. There were many more of those. Uh, There were five of them, to be exact, that would happen over the years. And uh, the last one would be in 1988. Still trying to think who Stella Mae French was. What about, uh, do you know Tug Tyler? Yeah, Tug T- Tugboat Taylor. Yeah, he died recently. Really? Yeah, last again, last couple of years. His son was Chaz that was in Global. What? Here's one for you. This is off of the fifth. Uh, this is off of the fifth Cotton Bowl extravaganza from 1988. Okay, so we're not talking about 84. Hold on, no, because I just uh, I ran across this match and I wanted to ask you about it. Okay. Uh, Boogie Woogie, Jimmy Valiant, and the Macho Midget, they defeated Killer Tim Brooks and the Million Dollar Baby. Sure. What do you... <laughs> what do you... I just thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> what, shtick from the big guys and the other two were midgets? What do you want? Was that ripping on WWF at that point? I have no Million idea. Million Dollar Baby? No idea. Billion. No, that's billion dollar da, baby. That's what I just said. Dollar but baby you said that was a million dollar baby. I understand, but it just made me think of <sighs> of Alice Cooper. I was supposed to come out to that song one time, and I was disappointed when suddenly I heard the strains of Big City Nights from the Scorpions. Ugh. It's like, eh, all right, whatever. Not great. Oh, that was the night I worked Boogie Woogie, by the way. Was it really? Yeah, and we're oh, See how it all ties together? Hey, Everything uh, what, goes back to Boogie Woogie. What do you know about Norvell Austin? He was in the PYTs with Coco Beware. Okay. PYT Express. And so... Uh, and, and he's also had a long Memphis career. Um, tagged with Sputnik Monroe at one point. Were the PYTs, were Coco Ware or Norvell Austin, were they heels in world class? I I would assume so. Okay, I don't know. why. Because oh, the PYTs were always heels. Were they? They, they did a Michael Jackson ripoff. Okay. The PYT it was, Express. Because it was... Yes. Bu- uh, Buck Zumhoff to took on Coco Ware on that show. Yeah, so Buck would have been a Buck would have been a face. And was that the late show, the 88 show? No, that's the 84 show. Oh, okay. That's when uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth. But to put the spin on it again, attendance at that show was 12,000. Yes. They're about uh when they made it all the way to the last one, uh it was 4,000. Yeah. 
So again, you can just see how the numbers and everything just ends. Well, oh, don't forget down. at the end though. That's when they did that weird. We're going to secede from the NWA, and that really affected a lot of their draw because people knew they were making it up at that point. Right. Right. Absolutely. Cigars and Conversations presents Mailbag. Dramatic readings of fan letters culled from the pages of classic wrestling magazines. We will be reading letters from the Sports Review Wrestling issue from July of 1976. A welcome comeback. It was great to see Valerie and Gloria back in the apartment house wrestling. They were great in the match that will surely become an instant classic. They're the kind of women who look like they were born to be battlers, you know, especially Valerie. The photos and texts prove she's one of the greatest battlers in the world. Everything about her makes the match exciting. I hope both girls continue to be apartment house wrestlers. Their beauty is a great contribution to the spectacle, the world's greatest sport, apartment house wrestling. Keep up the great reporting on apartment house wrestling. I never miss an issue of Sports Review Wrestling. Dorothy Redman, Corvallis, Oregon. In agreement. I can't agree with you more. In wrestling, Brute Bernard has to be the least known maniac around. I've seen him wrestle many times, and never once did he wrestle scientifically. He's a disgrace to the sport. Sports Review Wrestling always tells it just like it is. Russell Heaven in Troy, New York. Title should exist. You know, I don't blame Diamond Lil and Darlin Dagmar for battling it out over the title without any official existence. If the title of Top Woman Midget Wrestler doesn't exist, it damn well should. These women deserve to have the same goals as any other participant in any other sport. They dedicate themselves just as fully. They make the same sacrifices and suffer the same batterings. Yet, they are never given the dignity of officially being called champion of their sport. It's a disgrace. As a midget, I can appreciate the agony these courageous women suffer from their thought this thoughtfulness. The women midgets should get an official title designation immediately. Art Fraser. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Marvelous Maria. The capsule profile of Maria Laverne will become a permanent part of my wrestling collection. Maria is easily the most beautiful woman wrestler in the world. This comprehensive look at this extraordinary person is a must for anyone who loves women wrestling. Thanks again for a great article in a great magazine. Nick Babagalia, Chicago, Illinois. Shocked. After reading the profile of Sheik and staring at photos of his mangled victims, I can't imagine how this man remains in wrestling. His every action is a disgrace. This article is one shocking revelation after another. I've never seen anything so disgusting. Sheik doesn't belong in the sport. Valerie Nexmeyer, San Antonio, Texas. 
Wild. I think I've read Killer vs. Mad Dog, Murder in the Squared Circle, at least 20 times. It's the most exciting article I've ever read. That's the kind of match I like to read about. And as far as I'm concerned, scientific wrestlers are boring babies hiding behind ridiculous rules. If they pretend to be men, why don't they battle like men? The world is a rough place. Wrestlers like Killer Brooks and Mad Dog Vachon, they know this. Instead of complaining and running to commissions, they confront the world on its own terms. They're what wrestling and the world is all about. Let's have more articles on men. Ralph Norman, Brooklyn, New York. Cheap shot. Where the hell does Billy Superstar Graham come off bragging about cheating? The only way that he could possibly ever come close to a victory over Bruno San Martino is by using tactics any other man would be ashamed of. To break the rules and almost cripple a man whose very presence signifies the best in wrestling is the most despicable action imaginable. Superstar Graham should have bribed everyone to forget about the match, not brag about his sleazy victory. Everyone who believes Billy Superstar Graham shouldn't be banned from wrestling must read this story. Every commissioner in all associations should read it as well. Also. It shows the truth about Superstar Graham. Mickey Roberts, Nashua, New Hampshire. Let's get to a real, a real card. All right? A real show that year. Starcade 84. Yeah, didn't we do that? Didn't we do an episode on that? No. Or was that 85? We, no, it was 85 because that was the... So 84 was a flare for the gold? Um... I don't know what the name no, of that it was. No, that was 83. 84 was... I don't know if they even had a name. It might have just been... Because uh, was, that was the second one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, main event of the show was billed as the Million Dollar Challenge. Ah, that's with uh, Smoke and Joe. Yeah. And yeah. so the um, match uh, would not only... W- they'd win the World Heavyweight Championship, but also they'd win $1 million purse. Yes. Um, and I remember there... I didn't see it, but I've seen footage of a lot of TV of them putting the million dollars in escrow. Yeah. That was in a safe. So so you knew there wasn't any good. A lot around. of uh, you're looking at that show and it's amazing how many matches are about six or seven minutes long with only a few of them that really kind of jump out as being super uh, long. Uh, well, well, not even but, super long, but going like 12 minutes or 13 minutes. Yeah, but this was a dusty show. So it, there was there was going to be a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, which. Even with Joe Frazier as special guest referee, Flair still won that match. Smoking Joe. Smoking Joe. Yeah, because they stopped it on cuts. Yes. Uh, something that we've talked they, about. They stopped it on cuts, which was going to lead to an angle of Dusty having a match with Joe Frazier. But then Joe Frazier realized he was going to have to do the job and said, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. And that was that. Yeah. Not great. Uh, also on the show, surprise names that I am not. Well, I'm familiar with them, but was surprised that they did the show. Brian Adias. Yeah. Another guy we've talked about just kind of yeah. there. Um, what about Mr. Ito? He was Japanese. Oh, that's good. Uh, but I, I want to say his name was like Masa Ito as opposed to Mr. Saito. Okay. And then um, this was around the time, too, Zambui Express was there. 
yes, which was Ray Candy and Kareem Muhammad, yeah. which were originally supposed to be the Zimbabwe Express out of Florida, but Blackjack Mulligan forgot how to say Zimbabwe, so he started calling them the Zambui Express, and that's how they it got that stuck. name. Could have been Drambui, which is a drink. Yes. Do you know that, Kyle? Kyle doesn't drink, so when they fall, you know, it's nice that Kyle can catch those. Like we can teach him a little something. One of my favorite things, Paul Jones. When a dog bites? Yes. When a bee stings? Things. Uh, Paul Jones defeats uh, Boogie Woogie in a tuxedo street fight loser leaves town match. Yes, which led to the – well, I I don't want to say it led to anything because they are two separate events. But shortly after that, uh, Charlie Brown started wrestling. Yes. Do you know Charlie Brown, Kyle? He's he's from out of town. He's well, he's seen, oh, no, he's this familiar, isn't. He's this familiar is, this with was a wrestler. Yeah, this was a wrestler named Charlie Brown, who had a mask and a big beard. Which was uh, a lot of that happened. Uh, sometimes I feel like we're just teaching Kyle about the history of wrestling. Yes, Kyle. So uh, one of the big things that happened. Uh, Jump in his lap. Yes. Yes. Come here. Come here. So tender. What would happen is they do these loser leave town matches, and then those guys would just show up. I think I don't know. I'm not confirming this. Just saying. Just saying it happened. Uh, they'd show up under masks. So like, Dusty would lose a loser leave town match, and then who shows up? Uvalde Slim. Yes. Which was a lesser known one, but usually it was the Midnight Rider. Yeah, usually Midnight Rider or Barry Windham when he lost loser leave town. Who came back? Yellow Dog. Yellow Dog. Uh, when Bruiser Brody lost the Loser Leave Town match, he came back as Red River Jack. Red River Jack. Um, who was Dutch Mantel? He came back as uh, he was Texas Dirt. Texas Dirt. That's right. Which was always You're one of my Tommy Rich. Yes. Uh, yeah. Who was Tommy Rich? Mister R. Mister R. So, see how this works, Kyle. Bullet Bob Armstrong came so, back as the Bullet. It seems like back then it was more. You know, you're talking about the territories and how everyone goes to different towns. Right. If you just did the loser leaves town, could they just not? They should have done the gimmick where they just couldn't be in that town. Uh, yes. Well, that was done, but the matches that we're referring to, remember, it was also weekly television, so this would be it would follow around the loop. Right. But there were uh, ter- like specific cities, a la Houston. Or the northern end of Bruiser's territory versus the southern end of Bruiser's territory, where they would would run different angles, and you know, yeah. So it could happen where they just didn't come to that town, but then the TV wouldn't reference that person anywhere else on the circuit. Right, right. So good question, Kyle. He's yeah. paying attention. I know that's that's pretty awesome, right? Uh, You're going to be a fount of two centers of useless knowledge. <laughs> Do you, uh, Kyle? Do you have a lot of younger friends that uh, li- the, uh, don't like ra- they like wrestling, but then they don't uh, know all this history? Are they? They're just like a lot of like, hey, look at these super kicks. Yeah, I've got a few friends that are like that. I've got a few friends that are like that, but I'd say I've got a few friends too that know more than I do about some of that old stuff. Right, but it's not their fault. I mean, that, no, not that's at all. It's just a TV. different time. It's yeah. where we're. It's where we're at, you know. And I think it's again. Like I know some people that can watch a movie based on a comic book and just enjoy it for the spectacle it is. That's without, what I'm saying. Without tying it into numerous other movies right. and 
trying I, to figure out what it all means. I know. And then just being uh, just being disappointed for the sake of being disappointed. Yeah. Well, some people like to just complain because they, they right. like because they think they know than, how to make movies because they, they like worked things, on movies. They like and, things better than anybody else. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. But heaven forbid you talk about Star Wars and piss this person off. And then next thing you know, it's just. Yes, yeah, see, see that? That's I liked when Garfield died. That uh um oh Don't I do I it. had something but I completely forgot it. It doesn't matter. Uh much like wrestling. Much like wrestling. Hey. Hey, what else happened in 84? Uh d- do you remember the show Tuesday Night Titans? Yes. What were your thoughts about it? At the time i was very disappointed in it because i wanted to see wrestling i didn't want to see the talk show format yeah i i wanted to see wrestling um looking back i i see well i enjoy it on several terms one the cheesiness of it yes two it is interesting watching watching the promotional body figure out what they're doing with this new tool that they have. Because you can definitely see that change over time. Yes, yeah. You can see at the beginning, it's just, no, this is what I want to do, and we're going to do this, and then they learn how to work within that format and get some good stuff. Um, That's where that matured into the buildup for the first WrestleMania, where... uh, mcmahon jr like egged andre into doing the retirement step, yes. which i don't know if it was it was most likely a work andre was probably drunk right but it, it, just the whole deal and uh picking up um lord al hayes by the ties yes. like, I, I know the coward i do all the boom you know so that was kind of interesting uh that was also no that wasn't where andre later did the injury angle to his sternum I don't think so. No, no. But there, but there. But he did the fish dance. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that he was uh, known for doing that, like in bars. Yeah, like so. A lot of that and Pat Patterson singing. That was stuff that they had known for night in nightclubs and like, hey, let's make you do it on TV. Ah, that's great. I thought it was a good chance for Piper to really shine. Yes. Uh, there was so much good Piper stuff. Yeah, like when he slapped Al Hayes across the face and yes. goes. And at the time, we all thought, oh my God, you know that that's a horrible thing. But now. Like they were friends from way back in the day. Right. Uh, Hayes helped break Piper in in the Central States territory, and it was probably one of those. Well, I'm going to have to hit you. It's like, well, you better hit me, Roddy, or I'll kick your ass. Yes. Right. You know? Right. I thought um, one of my favorite Piper ones was uh, the they were in a doctor's office, like a fa- it was the set. Yeah, Doctor Sigmund Ziff. And uh, Piper just keeps quacking like a duck the whole time. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the ex- the expose of Bob Orton's arm. Right, this guy's a quack. Quack. These aren't the same arm. Quack. Yeah, he just kept he just kept quacking the whole time. Yeah, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yes, that was funny. Uh, I think they did the profile on that one as well, leading up to WrestleMania, where um, Gene Okerlund goes to their workout. Yes, and there's the everyone's really serious. Bob Orton calls Mr. T a porch monkey. Yes. And then Piper is meditating. Yep. And then the camera angle. <laughs> so it goes from uh, the, yes, the I wide know, angle. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's the about. wide angle of Gene Okerlund in trying to interview Roddy Piper. Like, Piper, talk to me. And Roddy Piper is meditating. And then all of a sudden it goes to, like, first person in Piper's face. And Piper goes, ah! And he just opens his eyes and screams. And then Okerlund gets all 
freaked out by yeah him. but then they cut back and he's back to like rubbing his oh oh it's time to go it's time to go yeah so that was really great um, uh so that was yeah that was piper and, piper and orndorff and meditating and bob uh, bob orton was explaining yeah they have to get into the mental you know yes it was a i, I thought it was funny bob. you realize how also if like if you revisit those at all some of those skits are so goddamn long and they just yeah. didn't know they just didn't know when to cut and they did the whole like two episodes i think or one episode worth of all the mr fuji spin-off like fuji vice yeah. and it just went it was hilarious cuz it's ridiculous but it just goes on and on and you're like all right i get it i get it and it kind of yes. wears thin again learning what to do with the medium stuff like that they and have you you've seen a lot of them right i'm assuming you've sure. seen a bunch I think it's fun too when you see a lot of the heels go on there. They don't really give a, an inch. Like David Schultz is on there. Yeah, but and, that's David Schultz. But no, but there was a lot of guys that just sat there and were like uh, Jake Roberts. A lot of guys were on there and they were just like, kind of like fuck you. Like why am I doing? This? <laughs> yeah. Why am I doing this? Oh, you call this wrestling? Okay. Yeah. I'm a wrestler. Yeah, and it was just like real standoffish, which is great because right. it plays into the character. Um, but it was good. I always, I always liked that show. I thought that was fun. So that was uh, one big thing that happened on television. Happened we, on Tuesday nights. Yes. TNT. Hence the, hence the name. Hence the name. So we've discussed this in the past, so we'll, we'll gloss over it. July 14th, day after my birthday, I would have been 10 years old, Black Saturday. Yeah. Kyle, do you remember Which Black I don't Saturday? Remember, I don't remember at all. Yes. Black Saturday was when uh, Vince bought up a bunch of the... Promotions, right? Yeah, we'll go with the that. TV time. Yeah, but he had just bought Georgia Championship Wrestling and, and shifted it over. This guy's learning. Yeah, I was. I would. I how great. I gave you full credit for that, Kyle. As a teacher, I probably would have went. I would have said probably about eighty-five percent. Plus, I would have docked a couple points because he didn't write his name on the paper. I'm a tough grader. What can I say? So. Uh, that's all we'll do with Black Saturday. We've covered that in the past. Uh, incidentally, I do not remember Black Saturday. I don't either. Uh, by the time, by the time I would have gotten around to it, um, like that had already happened, and I was already it was already the WC or NWA whatever, right? From uh, Tech with the Tech with Drive Studios, yes, with the very rattly ropes. Yes, I don't. Yeah, Black Saturday is one of those things. Again, I know I've spoken about it in the past. My time frame for 1980s wrestling is all over the place. I could have sworn that WrestleMania started in like 82 or 83. Not at not all. A, not at all. Right. No, and I know, but that's what I'm I'm saying. It's like, and again, I feel like the Horsemen lasted from like 1984 until 1992. Like no. the the pure, it, not at all. It was maybe a year at the no, most. No, it was like 86, yeah. Yeah, it was just like well, one Well, remember year. for your point of reference, Hogan didn't win the WWF title until January of 83. Yes. So that's relatively late. And that's pretty surprising, too, to think. So if he won it in January of 83, by mid-84, they're already working with MTV. Yep. And then it's a full-on phenomena. Deep pop. Deep. Yeah, yeah, by the time. We already did that. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We did do that. Yeah. Talking uh, about Hogan. Um, yes. Yeah, so that was all part of Vince's vision, but he wanted to have all the pizzas in place before he went to that because when Hogan won the title, there was still an AWA that was going very strong. Yes. There were still a handful of territories that were still going very strong. Right. 
So, yes, Kyle? Yeah. So you guys were saying, like, you're like, oh, I don't remember um, Black Saturday happening. And I'm like, do people, was that like a date that people like knew? Well, it wasn't referred to as Black Saturday then. It was just kind of like, why is why has our local wrestling been replaced? Right. And there was enough uh, local support in the Atlanta area that made Ted Turner say, well, and uh, Vince had screwed with the, the contract because Ted wanted local matches produced, but uh, Vince started sending in tape, and that was unacceptable, which led to the, the other group getting their time slot back. Right. I just think that there's a lot of memories, and uh, like a uh, weird memory I have was it was... Wait, Bill Watts was on there at some point, too. Yes. I think he was on Sunday. Yes. Okay. Um, I can remember, and this is a very vivid memory of my childhood, went to a rummage sale with my mother and I bought an army cot, like an actual wood, like army cot went to another rummage sale and bought a t-shirt that said pork you like pork university. Okay. But I thought pork you was like porking. Yeah. Like, which was a term in the eighties and going home and turning on USA network and wrestling was on and it was like the sheep herders. And I, I could have sworn. Oh, it so was, that was still Southwest. Yeah. yeah. I, so, but I like I I remember this specific day this thing happening. So and being like, wow, when that's you were crazy. watching wrestling, were you on the cot wearing the T-shirt? <laughs> I just remember getting the cot, and I remember the T-shirt, and I remember that day driving around with my mom, going to rummage sales, and then coming home and watching wrestling. I don't know. It's just one of those days that just like sticks in my head. Okay. You know, I mean, where's just, the cot now? I don't even know. I don't know, but my mom's in Florida. Okay. So at least that's one thing I kept track of over all these years. That's good. You still got the shirt. Yes. I wish. If I you w- do, I want to see it. Would it would be a great put shirt. It on, put no, it on I the remember, website. I remember that shirt. It was great. Uh, but so there's just, I remember, and so Kyle, to answer your question, like I was not aware. <laughs> Stay out of my booze. Yes. I was not aware of a black Saturday or what was going on. But I just remember multiple times seeing things and being like, well, this is weird. Why am I seeing this, these guys wrestling or who's this? And it was, but if you would have saw the sheep herders, that was on USA. Yes. Which I thought was a morning show. So might've been, I might've come home. I mean, it's not like you rummage sale all day. A lot of times you just go in the morning. Uh, okay. I don't rummage sale anymore, guys. Just so you know, I don't want other people's garbage. Anyway, Black Saturday is a term that's retroactively been applied to that. That wasn't like, hey, you're going to watch Black Saturday coming up? You know, right. That was just something that everybody now understands what happened and, you know, the whole business practices that led up to that. There was another childhood memory. Oh, God. <laughs> I was um, camping. It, it was a weeknight in the summer, and it was a, my friend. Believe it or not, his name was Craig, but everyone in the neighborhood called him Skeeter. Don't ask me why. Uh, he asked if I would sleep over at his house, so I went home to get my uh, sleeping bag and stuff, and my dad was watching wrestling. And the match that was on was the Iron Sheik versus Sergeant Slaughter. In the boot camp. In the boot camp Yes. Match. Super bloody. Yep. In my head, and I know this probably didn't happen, but to this day, if you ask me what happened, I could have sworn Sergeant Slaughter brought an anvil into the ring. Okay. I'm just, again, in my head, I, I, that's how I remember it. Uh, one, it was Sheik's boot, which you know, yes. by the way. But two, if you go back and watch that match, it was incredible because 
Uh, Sheik was the first one to take his shoe off, and then Slaughter hit him with the cannon, and Sheik bumps, and his, the boot flies out of his hand and actually goes out of the ring yes. over by the announcers. But if you look now in the corner, you can see somebody throws the boot back into the ring. Ah. Because you could just, I, knowing what I do now, having wrestled and such, you can just picture the guys in the ring going, oh, Jesus Christ, that's the finish. What are we going to do, do here? Right, right. And you just see me, uh, like Gino Mansoon on the outside, just like, pick up that damn boot, throw it back in there. What? Just fucking do it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, Boom. So that that's a funny little thing there. So my dad's watching, and I've got my knapsack. Uh, there are <laughs> there are also, I think, two other boot camp matches that there's footage available, like from the Spectrum, okay, and from like maybe the Baltimore Civic Center, you know, shot from way high up how they did yes. there. But that's just an odd fact that there's there's more footage available of that. Um, was this in '84, by the way? I don't even know. Wait, let's say it was. Yeah. But so my friends were not into wrestling. It was just me. I know how it is. So it was a little bit embarrassing. Like right. they wouldn't watch it and they were kind of always like kind of give me the business. So Skeeter, Craig, was at my back door knocking on it and I was not answering the door watching this boot camp match wanting to see the finish. And then he yes. ran home and then called and I'm like, oh, I was here. I didn't hear you knock as I'm watching the match because I didn't want to let him in. Because I wanted to finish watching this match that was like so bloody, and I was super into it. And then finally the match ended, and then the rest of the night went on as scheduled. Yes. So. Odd fact about this match. Yes. Uh, adult film star Jerry Butler from back yeah, in the day totally. published a, an autobiography called Raw Talent. Yes. Uh, in that he talks in that uh, book one night delaying shooting a scene because he was watching the boot camp match. So, wow. And he said he got up, saluted the Sarge, and went to work. And then did his thing. Yeah. Married to Wednesday Adams. Uh, not anymore. Well, isn't he dead? No, he's not dead. She is. I don't think she's dead either. I thought but they di- dead. they divorced because he got back into porn, porn for a little, right. <laughs> a little comeback. <laughs> nice. Get it? Um, but then the last I heard... Like, I think Wikipedia says he was driving a bus for the Pittsburgh Civic, like, the city of Pittsburgh or whatever. Right. Yeah. Definitely a, a character. He was always good on Geraldo. Okay. They'd always have, they'd always have Jerry Butler on there. And really? They, yeah. Oh, okay. And it was, like, talking about his, like, drug. Like how, every time he was on, it was, like, recovering porn star and ex-drug addict. And like he would always just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm recovering, and you could totally tell he was still strung out. And his right? Eyes were yeah, all... he. Uh, I don't believe he ever found Jesus. No, not at all. Uh, Unlike who? Well, who did I just see on YouTube? Randy Spears like has his testimony on YouTube. Oh, does he really? It's like okay, good for you. Who? Jerry Butler died this year. Jesus what? Christ! When? January 18th. Guys, this is some ser- We might need to stop the podcast now. Does it get any better than that? No. That's okay. We're gonna have to what cut all this out. Uh, Heart attack. Diagnosed with a tumor. Diagnosed with a tumor, some months previously. Jerry Butler, Paul Cederman. A checkup following a cycling accident revealed that the cancer had spread through his body, and he was inoperable. So he died in Brooklyn, age fifty-eight, January twenty-seventh, two thousand eighteen. I am so surprised that went under my radar. Wow, yeah. Is his ex-wife the Wednesday No, Lisa Loring's still alive. Are you sure? Yes. 
I think I she was a you, drug addict too. Yeah, she was on heroin. But yeah, but so don't all heroin addicts die? Everybody dies, you <laughs> moron. <laughs> Everybody hurts. Uh, can you find his his ex wife? This, uh, this is sorry, so this far is, we're, off. We're, we're, hey, speaking of, death. I'm sorry. I'm really I'm really surprised because normally I'm up on things like yeah, yeah L O R I N G. Oh, sorry. If Jerry Lisa Loring listens to this podcast, I'm sorry that I put you under. Do you think she listens? I, I, I'm still figuring this crap out. Hey, can we talk about some deaths that happened in 1984? Oh, dear Lord, yes. Uh, Lord Layton. Uh, Lord Ethel Layton. Yes. Yes, he... Uh, most known now for being the British-tinged uh, commentator for Sheik's Big Time Wrestling. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, again, watching Big Time Wrestling on the Night Flight Roku Fair channel. Enough. Fair enough. That's why I, I, that popped me. Uh, David Von Erich again. We talked about him already. Jerry Butler. <coughs> I know. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, this is shock Again, that's normally something I would know. May 24th. I don't know. <laughs> Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince McMahon Sr. Sr. I remember seeing the... Um, like they did a bit on him uh, on WWF television, and Vince was talking about his. Because the most impressive line he said there was, "My father always said to me, son, the garden will always be the garden.'" And back then, that was how Madison Square Garden drew was how the rest of the territory drew. Gotcha. So. Uh, July fourteenth, the same day as Black Saturday, Brute Bernard. Uh, he shot himself. Okay. No. No, Skull Murphy shot himself. Brute Bernard uh, took an overdose of... I don't know. No. Uh, took an overdose okay, of Okay, one, shut up. Took an overdose of sleeping pills or painkillers or whatever, so he died from a pill overdose. But Skull Murphy died uh, from shooting himself because he was with... I want to say he was hunting with somebody and like did the whole the gun wasn't thought the gun wasn't loaded. The old said, Cheney? Hey, said, like hey, the old watch Dick Cheney. Hey, watch this. Boom. And blew his brains out in front of somebody. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's pretty crazy. And uh, Argentina Apollo. Yeah. Argentina Apollo was the Antonina Rocca uh, lookalike. I'm sorry. It looks like there's something really interesting that you're looking at here. Uh, for Bernard, one story states that he was playing Russian roulette. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So I do have them. Then Skull Murphy died of the pill overdose, and then Bernard shot himself in front of somebody. Wild. Yeah. He was a brute. Um, Living the gimmick. There is footage of him. He he was real big in the 60s with Skull Murphy. That's why I know the two of them together. But he there's footage of him... From a North Carolina indie in 1983 called the NAWA. Okay. And it's funny because it, it's one of those deals where, like, as he got older, his legs got skinnier and skinnier. Sure. And he still had this weird way of, like, a camel walk around the ring, which is where George Steele stole a lot of it from. But, like, this was his last run in, in any, a fed of any sort of renown only there was no renown here this was a north carolina indian independent in 1983 which meant a lot of the wrestling was pretty crappy or the gimmicks were pretty crappy the wrestling was like half motion but everybody has gear gotcha so 
nice. happy with that. Including the great super rocker, which I'll have to tell you the story of yeah, at sounds some point. Yeah, that sounds pretty oh, awesome. It's incredible. Mondo needs the super rocker. <laughs> so uh, we'll, I'm just going to quickly throw out these names as debuts for that year. Sure. People who debuted in the business. Fred Ottman. Uh, Fred Ottman. I just read, uh, well, Fred Ottman became Shockmaster. Yes. And Tugboat and such. And it, one, somehow related to Dusty Rhodes' marriage. Two, Fred Ottman trained with the great Malenko like out of the great Malenko school in Florida with Bob Cook. Okay. Uh, Yokozuna. Yeah, uh, Samoan. Yes. Mark Calloway. Uh, Mark Calloway, the undertaker. Tell me about that guy. No, <laughs> no, no. The, the, the big story that I could never really hammer down was he spent some time in Chicago when he was first. Oh, breaking really? In. Like there's the story that he got ripped off by Buzz Sawyer. Yes. But then he went through Chicago as the commando and there are pictures of him in the ring and eight by tens of him at that time. But I've never been able to figure out where that fits yeah, into like his exactly jigsaw was. puzzle. Sure, sure. So that would have been even before he went to Memphis and Texas as the master of pain. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Italian Stallion. Gary Sabaw. Yeah, he came through the Nelson Royal School. Uh, Marty Gennetti. Uh trained by the Oates brothers. I, I've told the story of Marty here, haven't I? I don't know which one. I've w- which w- one? That's the, the well one, the real life wrestler. Two, when he was apologizing to me. For... No. He okay. Well, I've worked with Marty a handful of times. One time he showed up <laughs> in really no condition to perform. Okay. But we had to perform, and we were in the main event. I didn't work him. It was part of a multiple team match, multiple sure. man match. And so I go up to him in intermission. I'm like, hey, Marty, um, you know, I don't want to push you, but we have three matches, and then we're on. And he showed me that he had his gear, like, under his jeans. <laughs> But I was like, you got to get your boots on. And then he came up to me later. He's like, hey, brother, I just want to say, you know, I hope you don't think I'm not into this. It's just, you know, I've been doing this so long and blah, 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 blah. I hope you don't think I'm not excited. I'm just like, Marty, you don't have to apologize to me. Just get your damn boots on because we have to wrestle, you know. Yeah, there's more to that story, but we've taken up enough time. Yes. Talking about Jerry Butler. What the hell? Hey, uh, Kendall Windham. Why didn't I know this? A real coxman in his own right. Uh, Kendall wasn't. Barry was. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I just said it because it sounded like it fit with the Jerry Butler talk. Oh, no. Barry was the one that uh, faded out of wrestling because he got a rich girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. Shinya Hashimoto. Yeah, he's dead. Yes. Scott Hall. Almost dead. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Very Kyle good. With the big digs. Dang. Almost dead. Ooh, um, Kyle coming in hot. The first I heard of Scott Hall was when, when he and Dan Spivey were in Central States as... Uh, American Starship Eagle and American yes. Starship Coyote, but I did you know not, that Kyle? American Starship Coyote. I'm not a, exactly sure how he broke in. Yeah, like who actually bumped him around and stuff. Uh, Masa Chono and Keji Mudo, same day, same show. Uh, I believe it. Yep, They're probably in the same class. And last but not least, Shawn Michaels. Never heard right. of him. Right, who. Jose Lothario. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll whip through these quick, and then we're uh, so we can wrap this up. Uh, talk about Rookie of the Year, Mike Von Erich. Yeah, that was a publicity ploy with PWI. Of course, PWI Manager of the Year, Paul Ellering. Yes, that seems about right. Hey, uh, Inspirational Wrestler of the Year was Sergeant Slaughter. 
Yes, that was for his feud with the Iron Sheik. Sheik, right. Absolutely. That American made. So I think I, this may have been the first PWI year-end issue or year-end awards issue that I purchased. Okay. Because gotcha. I remember some of these. Sure. Uh, most improved wrestler, Billy Jack Haynes. Yes. Oh, go go ahead. Go through the rest of them. Sure. And then I'll uh, most hated wrestler of the year, Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. Most popular, again, uh, Kerry Von Erich. Yes. Uh, match of the Year, Ric Flair, Kerry Von Erich. Because I remember they pushed that on the Ringmasters right. thing, too, that this was Match of the Year. Uh, Tag Team of the Year, Road Warriors, and Wrestler of the Year, Ric Flair. Yes. Uh, a lot of these placings, now granted, Slaughter and Piper made the the chart, er, made the, the awards, but... The majority of those awards were given to NWA people because this is when Vince started freezing the magazines out of his because he wanted to sure. come out with Victory Sports magazine. Right, right. So he had frozen the PWI reporters out and wouldn't let them take ringside photography so they didn't have any good footage of anything. Gotcha. Anything for you, Kyle? Or are you just looking at the list of stuff? So this isn't the Flair Von Erich match that you talked about? No, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That year was all about just giving the good feelings to Kerry Von Erich and the Von Erich family. Yeah. Well, the PWI awards were largely a work as well, too. Well, they didn't do actually, like, the best matches weren't considered the best. Those two had had much better matches and much longer matches as well. That one was just the best match of the year because that's where Kerry won the title. But as the, you know, but both of them as workers were good enough that they took that match, like, around the horn. Obviously, Kerry was based in world class. But they did that match in uh, Mid-South Territories. I believe they may have took it over to Florida. I know they did one in Hawaii. And it, I mean, so like they were able to take their match. They, had, they both had enough renown that they could take that match into different territories and still make money with it. And well, and to tell you too, Kyle, Kerry Von Erich lost it back to Flair the very next week. It was Japan. No, right? no, it was 21 days later. Or tw- well, okay, 21 days. Actually, later. I just saw posted like a list of his defenses where he did some in Texas, a few in Florida, and then went over to Japan and one or two, and then lost it back to Florida. And that was that. So, just quickly, when you say they took that match around, do you mean that they did that specific match all over, or it was those two against each other? Those obviously? two against each other. Right. Uh, Flair at, at that point in '84. Uh, had some routine, but he wasn't didn't turn into the what he did later, where you knew every spot that was coming. He was still able to work. Kerry was still uh, he was legitimately legitimately a superstar. That's why he got the nod over his brothers to get the title. Um, still needed to be carried somewhat, but could have very good matches at that time. You know when he wasn't pilled out and. Uh... As, back, as as we all can. Yes. Back, well, back then, I don't know if it's even to this uh, point now, but wasn't it the uh, heels usually led the match, right? Yeah. That was the... Yes. Does that still happen? Or is it just... It's no, not. it's it's a different deal now for reasons I you're just gonna make me sound like old. No, no, old and gotcha. I mean we don't have to get into it. Well, but. but remember, wrestling was emotionally driven back then as opposed to spectacle driven now. Right. So it was up to the heel to gauge their heat and come up with the formula to get the people riled up. Right. So so you need so, to have a good heel to get. And so if Kerry is the babyface champ, yeah, as long as they're putting up against good heels, they'd be able to get. Like at least get good matches or decent yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So that worked. But out. he was as a worker though, he was good too. Yeah. You know what else is good? What's that? This goddamn podcast. Sure. Hey, uh, 1984, great year for wrestling. A lot of good stuff happened that year. Mediocre album from Van Halen, though. Yeah, I, I, I didn't yes. like it. Sorry, it I was mean, okay. So, yeah, some of it was. It good, was the but pop hits. It was jump. Yeah, it yeah. was you know. It but was it that wasn't. Kind of stuff. It wasn't and the cradle will rock. So, um, 1984, just a very formative year in my childhood. That was again. That was kind of the secret year. The years of me hiding wrestling from my non wrestling loving friends. Let's see. So I did put a kid in a a camel clutch and made him throw up. We already covered Defenders of the Faith. So I think Power Slave from Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, When did Ride the the Lightning was 85, right? Ride the Lightning was 85, but Kill Em All was 83. So they skipped a year. Um, Power and the Glory from Saxon. Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. It is Ride the Lightning is 84. Okay, there you go. Purple Rain, 84. Born in the USA. Classics. The Unforgettable Fire, U2. I hate U2. Um, Do you like the Minutemen? What's the album? They're like SoCal Punk. uh, Double Nickels on the Dime. It's a classic. Uh, Love It for Sting, Scorpions. Uh, Yeah, that's when the Scorpions started to go downhill for me. Don't break the oath, merciful fate. Yes, which I owned at one point, which was the uh, that was the album with all the fire on the. Front. Yes, uh, one of my favorite videos of all time, Last in Line, Dio. Sure. Uh, one of your favorite albums, Make It Big, Wham. George right? Michael was good. He was very good. Yeah. Um, another album of mine that I loved, Stay Hungry, Twisted Sister. See, I like you can't stop rocking. I like that too, as well. It, it, it just I couldn't describe it at that time, but now I understand it was just I I, I didn't appreciate the extra production. Yeah, like it just sounded too produced and not raw enough. To uh, stop making sense. Talking heads. Eh, never got into the heads. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too rush. Grace under pressure. Uh, better stuff was earlier. Perfect strangers. Deep purple. Uh, that was their reunion. They got a lot of money to do that. Did they really? Uh, well, yeah, I think that was Deep Purple. <laughs> I, I Every uh, version has a Mark number, like Mark 1, Mark 2, yes. Mark 3. Um, so that's, I I like that album simply because I knew I was supposed to like Deep Purple right. if I was into heavy metal. Now um, I have a great appreciation for the David Coverdale, Tommy Boland days. Yes, yeah. Speaking of you David Coverdale. Uh, slide it in, White Snake. Yes, I liked. I like slide it in. Heartbeat City, the Cars. Eh, I didn't like the Cars too much. Fistful of Metal, Anthrax. Yes, that's always a good one that's too. A good cover too. You're not a Smiths fan, I take it. Not a Morrissey mm, fan. No. Okay, but I am. So I will just like to put it I out there. Hatful of Hollow came out that year. Okay. Um, REM Reckoning. So yeah, it was a big year for music and a big year for re- uh, wrestling. Yes. This so is a podcast about wrestling. Remember that. What year did the wrestling album come out? 85? 85. Yeah. Which, unsubstantiated story, my girlfriend's biological father allegedly played backup on. Whoa. That's 85, though. That's not under the purview of this podcast. Amazing. Amazing. We'll talk about that when we talk about the year of 1985, which is less exciting. Isn't there a song? 1985. Uh, Paul McCartney. Not a big fan. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that, but 
I'm not a big, I don't know, not a big fan. Anyhow, speaking of uh, big fan, I'm a big fan of yours, Derek. Thank you. We're going to wrap up this podcast right now. Uh, You have been listening to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you exclusively by Astro Radio Z and iTunes and a lot of other places you can get podcasts, I guess. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jay Gilkay, and uh, thank you, everybody. Subscribe, listen, rate, review, all that good stuff. Me, Derek, Kyle, we'll see you guys next time.